0: The LeBron James sweepstakes, round three, has come to an end just a little bit quicker than some of his past decisions. And on this Sunday night, Monday in which you are listening, the basketball and the sporting world has come to a halt to notice that Mario Hazonia has signed with the New York Knicks. (laughs) Well, LeBron James to the Los Angeles Lakers, obviously, we have a lot to talk about. He finally made his decision, except this time it wasn't finally. It wasn't, you know, prolonged waiting for this episode on ESPN to air or for this beautifully written Lee Jenkins article to come out of Sports Illustrated. Just a simple press release from Clutch Sports and a tweet by our guy, Adrian Wojnarowski. And we know that LeBron James is a Laker. Now what is the next chip that may fall? Is Kawhi Leonard about to be traded there? Are they going to take a flyer and sign Boogie Cousins? Who knows? But what I do know is that the next three, four, five days, maybe even two weeks, will be riddled with LeBron James and Los Angeles Lakers takes across all types of sports media. And that's what we're going to do here tonight, talking about a bunch of other stuff as well, because, you know, the World Cup has been a lot of fun this weekend. The Yankees played the Red Sox. We're going to get to that as well. But LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker. And here to talk about that with me today is Alec Argento. And my voice crack. But that's cool. It's
1: been happening a lot.
0: Quick take. What do you got? Ten seconds.
1: Uh, LeBron made a mistake. What? Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. What? What are you doing? Cleveland, man. Cleveland. What, what do you? What do you mean? That was the move. He should have stayed there. Yeah. That. That's wild.
1: About to see some burned jerseys, real quick, man.
0: I don't know about that. I think legacy. they legacy. I think it's done. <laughs> I think they saw this one coming, man. I think they saw it coming. Oh know. man. We'll talk. We'll talk. Some people thought the Lakers were it all along. Some people thought the Cavs had a fighting chance. Thought the Sixers had a fighting chance. But when it comes down to it, we have LeBron. We have Hollywood. They're the Los Angeles Lakers coming back, but first, Sports Blog New York podcast. Do what you got to do, get settled in, and stay tuned. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: LeBron James getting his money, getting his cake. Eating it, too. Moving to one of his many homes out in Los Angeles. He ain't making that Chris Paul money, though. He ain't making the Chris Paul money. That was a shock of uh, Saturday night. We're out at a bar. We look up at the TV screen. The headline says, four years for $160 million. What an incredible deal for Chris Paul staying in Houston. And that kind of sealed the deal. When LeBron opted out, he decides he's not going back to Cleveland unless he signs another one-and-one or another deal, a different one there. You know, Houston's chances went by the wayside there. And it became the Lakers versus the Cavs with the Sixers just hanging around, keeping their toes in the water. But realistically for me, I know I felt this way for a while. And if you listen to this podcast and if you talk to me uh, in person over the past couple days, weeks, or whatever, I've been pretty steadfast. I've believed pretty confidently that LeBron James is heading to the Lakers no matter what. Now the questions do become, is there another guy coming? It's not going to be Paul George who we learned is going to stay in Oklahoma City. It might be Kawhi Leonard, but that's going to take some of these moves to be made, whether it be Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma or Lonzo Ball, maybe a couple of them. A lot of picks. Can I ask a question? Absolutely.
1: Who's on your no-trade uh, list for the Lakers right now?
0: LeBron James.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, who would you not sacrifice for Kawhi?
0: I, it's really tough. I think you got to put everyone on the table. you got to put really? Brandon Ingram on the table. you got to put Kyle Kuzma on the table. Uh, everybody else and Lonzo Ball is the really one interesting piece there where it's like, will the Spurs even want him and the LeVar Circus? Doesn't seem like they might.
1: Uh, I think Popovich would take raw talent where he can mold it over there.
0: I agree. And I think they have a good enough, they do a good enough job in San Antonio of kind of like weathering the circus of media storms there. There's not, when has there ever the, been the
1: circus of San Antonio media circus? Yeah.
0: Which yeah. <laughs> does, doesn't exist. The only circus media in San Antonio is probably about the circus. Like there's nothing to be ever the the craziest thing that's ever happened in San Antonio's media history regarding basketball has been this Kawhi Leonard thing over the past couple months.
1: I know it's kind of crazy because it's LeBron and he's a national, you know, he's the national story in basketball. Correct. But the LA media market is different at the end of the day than Brian Windhorst in Cleveland. You know, this is this is a major uh, basketball circuit. Do you think that that has any chance of affecting him? I mean, even even in Miami, I don't really think it was that big of a, a media frenzy or anything. You know, L.A. is like New York. L.A. is like Boston. You have to come to play, and if you don't, you're not accepted immediately. You know if he has a Giancarlo Stanton type thing,
0: like a, like a bad start, they're yeah. losing games, they're under 500. Do
1: you, do you think he gets attacked over there, or do you think he has this just you know blanket of leeway that's going to carry him for his entirety of his four year career?
0: I think he's built up enough clout in his career that he can afford a slower start. I mean, we've seen him had the slow start. You know when they started off in Miami with him Wade and Bosh, they had it, they were 500 after uh, 30 games or whatever. The Knicks was. were beating them a lot. Yeah, they they were under, they were 500. They were they weren't great. It really took them till the end of the season to the playoffs to really hit stride. And I think he's built up enough clout in his career to really uh, af- be afforded that advantage. So I think he's fine in that regard. We'll keep saying, oh, they'll figure it out. They'll get better. Playoffs will be coming around, and then we'll get nervous. There'll be some hot takes. But overall, I think I think he'll be pardoned of anything too critical but you know, saying, I mean, yeah, you know what i'm saying though yeah for when sure a, when
1: a big free agent comes somewhere and in, into a big market like like david price i just keep going back to baseball david price has never really been accepted into boston and that's a similar type of market to la absolutely you know? they care about their red Sox like they like la cares about the lakers
0: absolutely i think it's a good point but i think lebron has also brought in brought in that's yeah, not, yeah. That's no, not you're good is that a word yeah sure sure right he's brought in <laughs> enough media attention to wherever he goes anyway that's so, what
1: I'm asking. It's so a bit like we're, different, yeah. He's
0: like he's like his own market, really. He's his own media market at this point. So it's really interesting. Well, anyways, let's do some quick cleanup here before we start. Chit-chatting sure. and, and shooting the breeze about the NBA free agency and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Sports Blog New York Podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy. I'm your host. My man Alec Argento is here with us. So, uh, Don't forget to hit us on iTunes. Apple have a podcast app with a little subscribe, rate, and review. Tell us what you think about the show. Heard from some people on Twitter last week uh, after my NBA draft recap show. I really appreciated that. A couple of people who I know. Maybe a friend or two from college or high school who who tweeted at me and said they liked the show. Shout out Michael Leva, Brandon Kelly, amongst a, another one or two. And then a few people who I don't even know. And that's really cool to me that somebody who I don't even know personally uh, tweeted at me and said they liked the show and said keep going, keep keep putting out the pods. That really uh, means a lot to me. I, I, it makes me even more excited to come here, put this mic in front of my mouth, and, and spit some knowledge about sports and NBA. Oh, sure. So thank
1: you. Again, I I'd, would also like some shout outs. I mean, Pete gets the shout out. But <laughs> I, I, too, am here often. <laughs> Alec
0: Argento, ESPN, on Twitter. Hit him up. He's private, so he it doesn't private. matter. But it's okay. Anyway, thank you guys for listening so much. New York podcast, iTunes Out podcast, app, Google Play, SoundCloud, Overcast, Podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. Also on sportswagner.com. And sports my, <laughs> my personal Twitter is at Pete Kennedy with two Y's on the end. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this. So the initial reaction of seeing LeBron James sign with the Lakers, outside of Him actually choosing the Lakers, which is a big deal and was very exciting for a lot of people, even though we kind of saw it coming in a lot of ways. We're still waiting for that moment to find out the truth. Um, The second thing, other than it actually being LeBron and the Lakers, that shocked some people was that LeBron signed a four-year deal something that he hasn't done since he went to Miami hasn't signed a long-term deal
1: do you think they were skeptical because he has a pretty much broken hand like do you think he passed his physical <laughs> it's like oh i don't know if we should get- maybe that's why chris paul's making a little bit more money than him they really really had to you know make sure lebron could pass his physical before they
0: <laughs> wanted to invest all the money
1: pretty much broken hands no joke
0: <laughs> it's a good mo- it's a good point you know self uh, self-diagnosed pretty much broken hand <laughs> i didn't think about that you know that's a good point um I'll come with the LeBron hate. You know that. <laughs> I, I expect nothing less. So the four year deal didn't really shock me too much, but what it does say is one thing about the Cleveland Cavaliers is that ever since he went back, he's been, kind of been keeping them like on a string. LeBron has really controlled the organization uh, that is the Cleveland Cavaliers since he returned, doing these one year, one player option deals, uh making J.R. Smith get paid, making Tristan Thompson get paid, making them make trades at all costs to just try to help them be competitive enough to go to the finals. Obviously, we saw uh, them trade with the Lakers last year, which very interesting tidbit here is that Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance being traded to the Cavs, you know, they brought back Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye, Isaiah was expiring. The Lakers ended up saving money on that deal, which made it that much more easy to sign one LeBron James and have the availability to trade for Kawhi Leonard or sign DeMarcus Cousins or maybe even bring back Julius Randle and still be in a pretty pretty solid cap situation so the Lakers made a trade with the Cavs to you know seemingly help them didn't really help them that much and helped themselves by getting LeBron from the Cavs anyway
1: cut off your nose spite spot your face on that one wow yeah that's having the cake and eating it too man that's that's crazy how how hyped do you think Magic Johnson is at the moment after he just had that whole little uh, discussion about how he they need to bring in a, a big free agent or two in the next two years or else he's going to quit himself. Do you think he knew at that point? He also was pretty
0: clearly saying, I'm not really worried, but if I don't have a free agent in two years, I'll just quit myself. I won't even need Jeannie Buss to fire me. I'll fire myself pretty much. I think he was confident that he was getting something, but man, after his meeting, which was just three people, the meeting for LeBron the Lakers was Magic Johnson, LeBron James and Rich Paul of Clutch Sports who is LeBron James's agent and best friend. Three people in LeBron's house in LA, probably over some vino, if I had a guess.
1: <laughs> vino Chronicles. If I had a
0: guess. I'm no I'm no mind reader, but I'm just assuming there was some red wine in the building.
1: Do you do you think Cleveland has the copyright for zero was it zero dark t- thirty twenty three do or does it carry over? Oh, it
0: carries over. That's a LeBron James. vehicle. Okay,
1: it's it's a personal. Yeah, okay. it's Got
0: a it. LeBron James vehicle.
1: I just want to know what I can expect out of him and his move. You know,
0: absolutely. So let's let me let me uh, lay out my thought overall here on LeBron James to the Laker Lakers. So I I was pretty confident the whole time saying uh, that that's where he was going, and I didn't exactly buy into the narrative that he needed another piece to go there with him. I really felt pretty strongly that he wasn't waiting on Kawhi or he wasn't waiting on Paul George. I felt that after game, set, or game 4 of the NBA Finals this year, when they asked him, do you think you played your last game as a Cleveland Cavalier? And he goes, well, I don't know yet. I just want to take my time, talk to my family. Really, you know, they're a big part of this decision. My kids, my wife, and all this stuff. When I heard that and I really started thinking about this Lakers thing, This is as much a lifestyle choice, as much of a personal happiness move for LeBron James, and it just so happens to be a pretty solid uh, basketball situation as well with young talent, the ability to be flexible and make trades and or signings, and I think this for him was the perfect happy medium. LeBron James is now able to have a pretty solid basketball set up here for him in Los Angeles and also move into one of his houses, have his son start high school in L.A., And really, for for an entire life perspective of LeBron James, everything kind of works out. And another thing I was really confident about was where he was going as far as city. Obviously, he's born in Ohio. He gets drafted by the Cavs. They have a built-in home field advantage there. He goes to Miami, South Beach, the Heat, Pat Riley, a bunch of really big moves, including Dwayne Wade already being there. A lot of big things already pulling him to Miami that lives up to the brand of LeBron James. He He's in South Beach. He's in Miami. He's on the Heat. He's with Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, right? And if he wasn't from Ohio, if he wasn't drafted by the Cavs, there was no way in hell that when he actually left the Heat, he would even consider the Cavs yet again. So that's why I thought about Philadelphia and thought, you know, there's something that just doesn't feel right about – the the media sensation, the NBA his histor- like historic player who is LeBron James. To yeah, go but to clearly Philadelphia, it's not just right? all
1: about that because if that was the case, he'd go to the Knicks. You know, if that. Well, was, L L A. And I'm not just talking about this signing. You know, the, the, he's always been, you know, before this when he went to the Heat and when he went to the Cavs. There was always some kind of you know trepidation but but also like some kind of connection at the same time.
0: Right. There's always like him self proclaiming himself the king of New York and all this stuff. And right, but, I, I, but that's what I'm saying. But so like I that's don't think that's, it's, that's the same point for I, me.
1: I think it's different with just LA as opposed to any other market. It's not just, you know, the if you're stacking up L.A. against New York, against Miami, against Boston, against all these other major cities, LA's just going to win for whatever reason it is with them.
0: Right. The Lakers history, the second most winning franchise in the history of the NBA, there's a lot of things there pulling him to the Lakers. And I thought it just made sense. And from like a gut feel standpoint, it felt like that was it the whole time. And, and I know you were pretty—not com- confident, but you were pretty much feeling that Cleveland had a better chance and people were giving credit. And ha- now that he picked the Lakers, do you still feel like it was Lakers or Cleveland and that was it?
1: Uh, no. I. Now that he picked the Lakers, I don't think Cleveland was ever in on the mix. I, I think it didn't really make a lot of sense. I know I was joking about it, but I I, I guess I, I pegged his, his decision-making process differently. I thought it was— where where does it put him in the best situation? Because I thought he's a legacy guy, but clearly I don't really think this this move means that he's not a legacy guy. Where he his or if it is, it's not a basketball legacy thing. I think that seriously he wants to grow his business and his brand and everything outside of just basketball because he sees I don't know, maybe he sees the light at the end of the tunnel or something like that. Not that it's coming up in the next two years or anything like that, but right. life beyond basketball is going to be approaching eventually.
0: And he's definitely been actively making a great life after basketball over these past couple of years already.
1: Do, do you see some kind of? So the Lakers aren't Cleveland. Lakers aren't Miami to an extent where LeBron's not going to have that reach in. He's not going to force trades. You know, they're not going to force trades for him if it's going to sacrifice the franchise. They're not going to fire Luke Walton because LeBron doesn't get along with him. Luke Walton, I, I they've shown a lot of, I don't know. They want to grow Luke Walton with the franchise. Do you see some kind of frustration where he's not gonna be the most important part of the process anymore? And if you well, you know, there's other people that are that are heavily involved in decision making.
0: I, I hear what you're saying for sure. I think I think you have a, I think you're onto something here, but I think it's a little bit different. It's not that he won't have any say in things anymore or he won't no, have I a driving force, but he will be more of a one A one B with Magic yeah. Johnson. Because Magic Johnson is there, and he is his own brand. He has his own legacy. And LeBron's not bigger than the
1: Lakers. That's that's the whole thing. Is LeBron was always bigger than the Cavs, you know? The Lakers are the Lakers. The Lakers have already had LeBron's. You know, they've had their their Wilt Chamberlains, their Magic Johnsons, and and guys
0: who have left other places to come there, who weren't drafted there. A la Shaq, a la Wilt, a la Kareem.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I just see. I think that might be a little different for him. For some, from my. You know, I, I'm not him. I'm not in his brain, but it just, that might be something that to look out for. I'm not saying it's going to definitely affect anything, but it might be a little interesting because he's never been in that situation before. The Heat don't have that, you know, the Heat didn't have that kind of history to him.
0: No, that's true. I mean,
1: he Le- came over Le- and took over Dwayne Wade's team. You know, Le-
0: LeBron had the built in, you know, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a, uh excuse, but it's kind of a built in excuse yeah. in Cleveland because the talent wasn't there. He, he now hedged his bet in LA where he has the 50 50. All right, you do kind of have an excuse because right now, until they make a move or a trade, all his talent around him is pretty young. So that is kind of a built-in excuse that they're not quite ready to be the best team in the West or best team in the league. So that's a half excuse. But then on the contrary, he's also now there and once the Lakers are in it, they're expected to win. They're expected to be the best team in the league or the best team in the Western Conference. And no one thinks that's going to be the case this year coming up because obviously the Warriors and the Rockets are still very much intact. But in year two... In year three, if there's no conference final appearance, there's no finals appearance, What does that start to change? Does that start to say, all right, you came here, and now, like, what did you do? So does that happen in two or three years? I think very possible. But I think year one, there is that built-in 50-50 excuse where, all right, LeBron, you're here. Now we're going to be a lot better than we were, but we're not quite expecting you to bring us to the promised land just yet. But wait, before you jump in. I'm
1: I'm fine. I see
0: see a tweet here on my phone. My phone screen has a tweet from Shams. It's a Shams bomb. And the Lakers have brought in some more talent. That second guy we're talking of, who may it be? Lance Stevenson.
1: Oh, that's not <laughs> <laughs> you, got me so, you got me so excited.
0: Oh, I think I just hyped up everybody right there.
1: Um, obviously, Well, this is the next one, so no, you didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a little tongue-in-cheek, obviously. But I just see a shams bomb on my, on my phone here. Lance Stevenson has agreed to a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers, which means for LeBron that he doesn't have to be – Harassed by Lance Stevenson in the playoff series this
1: year. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Because they've played each other a lot they don't, and they don't in like the each playoffs. No, nah,
0: man, he blows in his ear. He like. They straight up sh- don't like each other. He like untucks his shirt and he does all this like re- weird Lance Stevenson stuff. I love
1: Lance Stevenson. I've loved him even when he was shoving you know his stuff down our throats and when we were in the Knicks and the uh, when the Pacers beat us.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that's actually really funny. But hey, I mean, that's a nice little piece there for the Lakers to just throw in the second unit, be harassing on defense, do those random good things on offense. What's his, hey, what's why his not? Contract. It doesn't say in the tweet, so yeah, I don't know. He I'll might get
1: like a veteran minimum too, which yeah. is crazy. But that, I don't know. Lance Stevenson is a good guy to have at a vet minimum.
0: Oh, fantastic guy to have second unit. It just running around doing ring chasing. It, uh, are, ring chasing is this like is this really lazy or is this too easy but uh Lance Steven Jr. Smith Lance Stevenson Jr. Smith is that like, like is that no, nobody's, don't equal the, parts don't
1: compare the two of because the, they're Lance Stephenson is Lance Stevenson Jr. Smith is Jr. Smith but and in the world great.
0: in the world of ridiculous NBA players they might be in the same spot do you think Richard Wait, Jefferson hold on. knew the whole time <laughs> as we speak here as well we have a call coming in hello John Lucas Duffy what's up Pete how are you doing? You were live on the Sportsblog New York podcast.
2: I'm good, man. I, I didn't know if you had your notifications on. I need to call you about something. I, I know you're always off your phone during the show.
0: Oh, that is, that's very funny you say that because I actually just said on the podcast how I looked at my phone and saw that the Lakers just signed Lance Stevenson.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Alright, wait, Duff, before you come in, I'm glad you called. I gave you the option before I started recording to, to you that you can call in at any moment. You'd like to drop some knowledge to, to hit your take on the SBNY podcast about LeBron and the Lakers and all that jazz. So, John Lucas Duff, he just called in. He's on the show right now. Duff, what say you?
2: This is so juicy. I, I Tampering is so real, it's, it's insane, and I guess the NBA just doesn't care about it. Like, all these deals happening on the first day feels a little insane, and then Do you think the Lakers, before they signed LeBron James, they cleared it with them that they they could sign Lance Stevenson?
0: (laughs) You know, it's almost as if you've been listening to this podcast the entire time, um, even though that would be impossible, because Alec and I were just talking about how does LeBron James show up in the Lakers and have the influence over the organization the way he did in Cleveland? And we kind of think... He might have some, but not a, not as much, obviously, because Magic Johnson has his own brand, his own legacy. He runs the Lakers. So I don't think he needs to be cleared to get Lance Stevenson on the squad. But now that you bring it up, it might it may be a smart move for Magic to knock it off on the wrong foot and just be like, yo, Brown, by the way, we're bringing Lance on board.
2: <laughs> I th- But think about it the other way. like. Isn't it surprising to you that Lance Stevenson signed in the first day of free agency for $4.5 million? Like Guys like that don't usually go on the very first day of free agency. We had a $24 million deal to DeAndre Jordan. We had a four-year deal with uh, Paul George in Oklahoma City. $4.5 million for Lance Stevenson. I think they definitely cleared it with him. We're like, okay, let's just get him now while we can.
0: Well, on the the tampering note, I think tampering has always been happening in the NBA, and I think it still happens, for sure. It's, like, impossible to avoid. But also, I think this also happens every year. Every time free agency starts at midnight of whatever day, I guess um, July 1st it usually is, deals start happening very quickly. I mean, I was out— Last night, uh, and I look up at the TV screen that's on mute, and I see headlines about Chris Paul, four years, 160. And, and this stuff really does get announced very quickly, and I think players, agents, and teams are ready to move at 12.01 July 1st. So I don't think it's that weird, to be honest.
2: I, I mean, I guess not at $4.5 million, dollars, especially for Lance Stevenson. I don't know. It just There's so much history and so much narrative that you're right that they don't need LeBron James to clear this, but because LeBron always thinks basketball first. Like, he would anyway, I think. I don't know. It's it's just fun to think about that narrative.
0: It is very hilarious that now the guy who's blown in his ear and untucked his shirt and been in pain in his side for multiple years now is going to be his teammate on these playoff runs.
2: <laughs> this is going to be so good. And Frank texted us today saying the Lakers are going to get boogie. Like, we, everyone had the Mavs as his probable destination, but now that they have DeAndre Jordan, he's obviously not going to go there, so... Why not the Lakers?
0: It's a very good point. So, Duff, let me get your take, and I don't want to keep you too long. I know uh, you just had a two- or three-week vacation. I don't know how long it was. Two- or three-week vacation out in Alaska and Vancouver and all that stuff, so you're probably exhausted. But give me your overall take on LeBron to the Lakers. When did you realize this was the most likely scenario? What do you feel like now that it's happened, and what do you think the next move is to fall for the Lakers?
2: So I actually kind of saw this coming with the – that it was going to happen this early. I feel I felt really confident about it kind of after the season ended and it was like really what makes sense for LeBron's like, well, just the Lakers cause he's not going to go to Cleveland and Philly will never be his team. He needs his own team cause that's just how the narrative will play out anyway, even if he doesn't care about it. So I actually said to my brother last week, I was like, I bet he goes there just immediately, just first day. How funny would that be? And then he actually did it. So I'm pretty shocked about that, but at the same time, not really. It's, I think they will be really fun to watch. But unless they get Kawhi, they're not a serious threat to make it out of the West. That's how strong the West is. It's insane that everyone keeps shifting to the West where it's so much more difficult to make it to the finals. It's it's really weird to me. I, I, I don't know.
0: All right. Let's just say this also, right? So imagine the Lakers will be in the playoffs, right? It's pretty easy to say they're likely going to be a playoff team. That means yeah, another absolutely. another team's on its way out, right? So we, we already had the Nuggets who were above 500. They were in the playoffs or just outside the playoffs until Game 82, a lot of teams are trying to get better. We have the, the bottom feeders who are the Dallas Mavericks and the Suns and the Grizzlies and all these teams who are trying to now be more winners and they're trying to make moves to become a better team. There's already eight playoff teams that were very, very tight. The Trailblazers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, the San Antonio Spurs with or without Kawhi were a playoff team. What team in the West is going to fall out, especially if the Lakers are good enough to be in that mix in the 3-4-5 range?
2: I think it would be the Spurs. I think... Has to be, right? Yeah, because I think now that LeBron's there, the Lakers are going to throw everything at the Spurs that they have to try to get that trade done. Now, that doesn't mean they get it done, because the Sixers have better offers to make, and the Celtics have better offers to make, but they have no guarantee he'll want to stay. Lakers feel really confident about that, so I'm guessing they're going to trade with the Spurs. Spurs get younger. No Kawhi equals they'll get weaker. So then you move the Spurs out and then you keep the Nuggets out would be my guess. I still think the trailblazers are better than the Nuggets and the Timberwolves didn't have uh, Jimmy Butler for a good chunk of that year. So I think they stay up there.
0: Very interesting. And it's, it's really going to be interesting now what happens for the rest of free agency. Uh, we're putting out this podcast on Monday morning and hopefully it'll live to be relevant by Wednesday because Damian Lillard, for all we know, can be traded by Wednesday, right? There's more things to, to happen here, but Jeff, in a world where, say, DeMarcus Cousins, like you mentioned, is the guy who ends up being the next chip on the Lakers, what does a LeBron James, DeMarcus Cousins, Lonzo Ball team look like? Assuming at least decent health for Boogie.
2: Yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see how he shakes out. of If he gets there, I don't know. If, if Boogie goes there, it would be really cool to see because he's got, he's got this really bad uh, rap, and if anyone can shoot him out, it's LeBron James. So now... But think what he did for Jr.
0: Right. I mean, for real. Jr. Smith is a champion. You know what I'm saying? So now, last question for you, and then I'll let you go. Who, If the Kawhi trade is real, who are the players you're putting on the forefront of that trade from the Lakers' perspective, and who are the guys you're trying to hold on to?
2: So it starts with Kuzma and Ingram. They're in. No question. Probably a couple firsts. Maybe a couple rights to swap. And then... It comes down to, will they put Lonzo in? Do they need to put Lonzo in? I don't know. I think that's the one they're going to try to hold on to. It's going to be at least two players and two picks for just one year. One guaranteed year that will actually stay. I don't know. Wow. I don't know how you sell that too hard to the Lakers.
0: And do the Spurs even want anything to do with Lonzo becomes a question as well.
2: Yeah, that would be that would be so detrimental to the big baller brand. That would be... LeVar Ball's worst nightmare.
0: LeVar Ball would be the biggest celebrity to sit sideline at a Spurs game, I think ever.
2: How 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 bad is he sweating right now? I don't know. I I'm,
0: think I think they're feeling pretty good. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I I was I texted you and Frank, I said we see all these young guys tweeting on the Lakers. It'd be interesting to see which ones actually stay and stick around. Kuzma has been very outspoken, but there's no way he's not in a deal for Kawhi.
0: He's trying to hedge his bets, man. He's trying to stay out in L.A. He don't want to go to San Antonio.
2: <laughs> I know. He's selling. My man's selling.
0: All right, man. Duff, any last words for the Sports Blog New York podcast, man?
2: No, that's it. I just can't wait to listen tomorrow.
0: All right, dog. You have a great night. You get some sleep and uh, have fun going back to work tomorrow.
2: Yeah, thanks, man.
0: <laughs> oh, and Alec Argento, you can come back into the conversation. Sorry. For, uh... Oh,
1: no, no, no. Please. Uh, John Lucas Duffy is a much better basketball mind than I
0: than you do? Oh, yeah. That's correct. That's a fair thing to say. That's that's your best take of the podcast so Man. far. <laughs> All right. So let's take a quick break here, right? Because we got to also talk about um, the Knicks for a second. I mean, realistically, right? The Knicks have a signing here, too, in this Sportsbook New York podcast. And, and I happen to be excited about this thing, right? So LeBron James is the most exciting. It's the best story. We're probably going to get back to that in a little bit. But the New York Knicks and their front office, Scott Perry and Steve Mills, have been a little bit more open, a little bit more steadfast. Two deals. Two deals. What's the word? What Luke Cornett.
1: Oh, my God. baby.
0: <laughs> How could I forget about Luke Cornett? You can't teach height. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, <up>, Mike coward! <laughs> you can't teach height. So we'll probably get back to Lakers, but quickly on the Knicks. <laughs> I saw last night, on, well, on Saturday night, that the Knicks would be interested in pursuing Mario Hazonia. Mario Hazonia, if you're not familiar with who he is, he's a top five pick from the same draft as Kristaps Porzingis. Pick after him. Uh, yeah. Two picks after him, I believe. he was
1: the fifth pick, and Porzingis was the fourth. Oh, that is
0: correct. He was the pick directly after KP. And we have
1: Moudier who was the third pick, right? No. Nah, that, was that was the draft. pick.
0: That was the draft after, was it? Oh, no. no. It was Moutier was the sixth pick. <laughs> we have the three,
1: four, and five. The four, five, six. Four, five, six, sorry.
0: That is interesting. We now have three lottery picks from that one draft <laughs> where we got <laughs> Christoph Porzingis. Uh, but Mario Hazonia is a guy who kind of got hidden in Orlando, didn't have a very strong start to his NBA career, uh, but comes in with confidence, has a good size, six 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 seven. can shoot the ball, is a good slasher, doesn't show much on the defensive end yet. But he's young. He's still 22, 23 years old. He can shoot. He only had – this is the most important part. He only got offered a one-year deal for $6.5 million. Alec, do you find any qualms with this move by the New York Knicks?
1: No, and, and it's, it's perfectly in line with what uh, Scott Perry and Steve Mills are saying is that we are going to be financially responsible – uh, we're not going to do long-term deals we're not going to get rid of draft picks or anything like that. This this guy's a prove it guy. Uh he had he he was there was a lot of teams bidding on him uh and he came with us for a 6.5 million dollar deal. How could you not love that?
0: I mean, he really is now he's betting on himself. Mario Hazonia is betting on himself. He could have gotten more money most likely, could have gotten a multi-year deal, but he Showed through his uh, introductory tweet to the Knicks that the Knicks mean something to him. It was a team he followed since uh, his time watching the NBA. uh, Posted a picture of him as a young teen in a Knicks jersey or Knicks jacket.
1: Now, can the Magic still match this or is it done?
0: No, the Magic are out on this race here. That's great. The Magic are out on the race. They let him go.
1: That's great. He's a great bench player for us.
0: Right. And I think it's just... I think All right, so I'm actually going to bring baseball into this for a moment here. So we're going to talk about the Yankees probably a little bit and the Mets. When you see the Yankees and the Mets and the way they run, the way they operate, it's very different. As a media member, as a fan, as somebody who follows the teams and the leagues, when Do you, you follow...
1: remember media
0: member me? No. Uh, not me. I'm just saying in general.
1: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> uh, in general, you hear more things that are necessary to hear from the Yankees' front office. Masahiro Tanaka, for example, is injured right now. And he throws a bullpen the other day. The Yankees tell us exactly... Master Tanaka threw 48 pitches in his bullpen. He even said that he was able to use all his pitches and throw with force. He's going to start on a rehab assignment next week. He should be back before All-Star break. clearly defined. Clearly defined. You talk about the Mets. You never know if they're telling the truth about the injury. You don't even know what Cespedes is doing. When is he coming off the DL? When is he going to start even swinging a bat again? Is he swinging a bat? We don't know. The Mets keep it in the air, Right. And in the past, especially under the dreadful Phil Jackson era, he tried to be very coy and not let us in uh, what his plan was if there was a plan or what the the, the team was doing on the inside. And that's bad. That's the Mets. The Mets don't have direct TV. The Yankees have direct TV. (laughs) The Knicks now, under Scott Perry and Steve Mills, have been very explicit in their plans and their ideas, and Coach Fisdale... Seems to be exactly in line with that philosophy.
1: That was a huge, and, and just a little bit. That was a huge part, apparently. What I was reading that his own, the reason Hazonia wanted to come here was to work, uh, like play under Fisdale.
0: which is very interesting. When was man. the last
1: time? And not that, not that Hazonia is you know an A list uh, free agent. When was the last time you heard a free agent say we came here to work? Nobody was saying that for Jeff Warner. No. nobody was saying that for Derek Fisher. Nope. That's pretty big. I mean, it, at, a very, at the very least, you have young, talented players who want to come here for a different type of culture.
0: And I, I showed you a video from uh, the you know the, the guy, Chris Prickley. If you don't know who that is, he is like the NBA trainer extraordinaire. Yes. Uh, on Instagram, you see all the videos. Hoodie Mello, that guy, right? He's been posting what I like to call Frank propaganda, where Frank is out there working on his handles. He's looking yoked with no shirt on. He's shooting the threes. It looks silky smooth. And Frank... Damian Dotson, whole team dot, Emmanuel Moutier, all these guys, Tim Hardaway, they seem so happy. And Kevin Knox, the same thing, the young rookie who hasn't played a game yet. They they see Coach Fisdale. He seems to buy into them, want to learn about them, see who they are as people and players, and help them succeed. It, it's like they're all pulling in the same direction for and, once.
1: And you know the difference between like Hornacek. Hornacek was coaching for his job last year. Right. Fizdale, there's an, there's an understanding. It's been explicitly stated that he's gonna let the rookies play. You know, he's you're not gonna have to like last year when we had to wait for Frank to. He didn't start till, you know, the end of the season. He, he was barely getting minutes if for the then, first. He
0: hardly even started at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. So you you know, he the guy was struggling for minutes, but you know right away Kevin Knox is gonna be getting minutes. You I know mean Mitchell Robinson, you know, you you know that there's gonna be this culture that he wants people to develop, to people to learn, to buy into this culture and have a long term vision here as opposed to coaching year by year by year, you know?
0: David Fisdale took a low key blow at Jeff Hornacek just a week or so ago when yeah, they, they asked him. You know there was a little press conference after a workout or whatever it was some event and they ask him who does he think will start at the three will it possibly be Kevin Knox the rookie and he goes, well, who else would it be? And uh, a media member in the back goes Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee maybe who knows And Dave Fisdel' like they're not threes they're six they're six five six six. The threes in our league are Kevin Durant, LeBron James Kawhi Leonard they're six eight they're strong, they're big, they're fast. you, you think they'll, do you think our six six guys gonna hang with them? He's like, I would, I'm would, i willing to start Kevin Knox right away if he's ready to go. He also said, the low blow at Hornacek was, I would have thrown Frank out there from the start of the season last year. Basically showing it was ridiculous that he wasn't thrown out there yeah, uh, to start last year. So I think from a direction standpoint, and I've been saying this since Scott Perry has joined this team, from a direction standpoint, there are so many good signs with what the Knicks are doing at this point. And I don't think it's going to translate to wins right away. Maybe it will a little bit more. But I think... For lack of a better term, the process, it actually exists now.
1: But And I also noticed with the fans, I've, I feel like we're all a little bit patient now because we see a light at the end of the tunnel on this, you know? They're, it's setting up for, not like you said, not going to amount to a lot of wins this year, but the year after, maybe we're a French playoff team. The year after that, we move up the standings, you know? You could see that in sight. We're getting the bones of the team and the... The culture is huge. We haven't had a culture on this team in so long.
0: The last time we had a culture, it was a one-year culture. It was when Tyson Chandler was here, Jason Kidd was here. Yeah. And all these veterans were around, Melo. And,
1: Felton and, and uh, yeah, like Stat that. And Mello.
0: That was the only time we had a semblance of a culture, and it happened to be our best season in, in this decade, like in this millennium, honestly. Shout out Mike Woodson. Shout out Mike Woodson. Shout out the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> but back to LeBron, just as a, a, sure. a co- correlating point here, not actually talk, talk about him. We were just talking about how he has like that semi built in excuse where he's not expected to be the best team in the East, I mean, in the West right away. The Knicks now kind of have a similar situation with Kristaps Porzingis being out for at least, you know, half the season. That's a little bit of a built-in excuse, a little bit of a longer rope off the bat for Fizz and Knox and Nilakina. Who starts our four? I mean, who who knows? Does Mike Beasley come back? Is it him?
1: Yeah, I guess it would have to be. Does
0: Kevin Knox become that guy? Is Lance Thomas our starting four? Like, I, I don't sure know. <laughs> I, I sure hope not, but that's what I'm saying. There's a built-in leash here for Fizzdale and this team without KP healthy right away that – Success is not quite expected off the bat, and that's a good thing. So another tidbit drawn into baseball, and let me know if you have any thoughts here because with Aaron Boone and Callaway starting their first year, it's kind of explicit, the examples here. So I think Jeff Hornacek is to Mickey Callaway what Fisdale can be to Aaron Boone. Yeah. Right? Uh, Well, maybe not uh, –
1: I guess so, because I don't think Aaron Boone's that good.
0: <laughs> well, right, let me let me try to rephrase that. Maybe Aaron Boone's not the right guy to tie in here, because the Yankees do have a ton of talent off the bat. Maybe Fisdale is his own... He's not either of those guys, which is... Maybe I should just end it at Hornacek is to Callaway, right? So this is what happened with Jeff Hornacek. He came in, Melo, Derek Rose, Porzingis' second year. They go 18 and 14 in the first uh, chunk of the season. It's like, wow, this team has some talent. Maybe they're a playoff team. Hornacek doing a good job. He's... Uh, Kind of listening to Phil, he's not really, and then it started going downhill. So he had an inch of success, and it went downhill, downhill, downhill. And from that moment on, he was coaching for his job. Mickey Calloway comes in with the Mets, super hot start, twelve and two. This Mets team's going to be in it. They might be the best team in the in the NL East, though a lot of people thought they were starting falling off. They really fell off. All the wheels are off the Mets right now,
1: and it feels like worst record in the National League.
0: Correct. It feels like now, almost from this moment on, Callaway is almost at that point where he's already coaching for his job. And for him to dig himself out of that is going to be that much more difficult because they had success, and then it went down, 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 the communication isn't there. He doesn't seem like the leader we thought he was. No,
1: Sandy's gone. It's not Calloway. I, not. I know we don't want. It. You just use this as, as a metaphor. Sandy is out this year. Well, Sandy
0: also has his own reasons to be out. Unfortunately, shout out him. Hopefully, he's getting healthy and whatnot. But, sure. I don't. Mean but yeah. It, I don't mean it. No, like of course. That. I'm yeah, just saying. It,
1: it, but he that that guy Omar Minaya is there waiting in the rafters to to take that job back over from him.
0: That is correct. But. Do you believe that Fisdale at all fits in that hornacek Calloway
1: role here, or does he have that leash? Well, I think you're right in the fact with, Aaron, with the Aaron Boone comparison because the reason Aaron Boone was brought in was because he's a players coach, and that's exactly what they wanted. The Joe Girardi apparently was not. Uh, and, you know, just make these guys happy, uh, and you are allowed to make some mistakes because if the, ultimately if they're happy, you're going to w- win more than you're going to lose. Um, I don't – you know, like the, the big difference is the, the – huge swing of talent compared to the Yankees and, and the Knicks. Um, but you want to make these people happy. The, the happier they are, the better they're going to produce on the court and the more wins ultimately, maybe down the road, maybe it's probably not this year or something like that. But that's where you want – that's where you're going to see the, the, the similarities. And it's tough
0: to really make it such a negative on Callaway or Hornacek because they're two guys who I really wanted to like. They're I thought both don't...
1: smart basketball and baseball minds. Right,
0: and you want to like them. You think they have what it takes – and all of a sudden, things start to spiral, and it's like, I like you, and I don't have a real reason to hate you right now, but it's just not there, and the results aren't there, and there's no direction, and what is happening here? And with Fizdale, there's just no there's just no expectation for, for wins, and that's so huge for a team that doesn't have
1: talent. But I guess Callaway didn't really have an expectation, but then he created an created expectation it. for himself. Exactly, that's the issue. So he, he shot himself in the foot by doing his job well.
0: <laughs> it's a weird concept. It really is. It really,
1: really is. Um, also, uh, judges. I'm sorry. Aaron Hicks just hit his third home run of the night. By the way. Uh, I have another. Uh, Aaron Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks hit his third home <laughs> run of the night.
0: We'll get to the Yankees Red Sox in a I'm moment. Sorry, it was for just sure. exciting. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Another thing here that I just see on my phone Alfred Payton has signed a one year deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, Alfred Payton, uh, restricted free agent, uh, coming off his first deal. He was on the Suns. He got traded from Orlando. And I think what we're seeing here as a trend with the way the salary cap is fitting out right now, not a lot of teams, A, have money to spend this year and not a lot of teams, are uh, B, want to spend money because they want to be able to spend money next year. It shows with Hazonia, one-year deal. It shows with DeAndre Jordan, one-year deal. I mean, Chris Paul, Paul George, and LeBron James are the only ones with four-year deals. Who else is going to get a, uh, an extension like that? I'll tell It'll you, be insane.
1: That, that Chris Paul deal, he's get, he's 33 now? Correct. I mean, him and LeBron are both going to be 37 at the end of those contracts, making 30-plus million dollars. Obviously, 40 have, for Chris Paul. Yeah, obviously you have more faith in, in, in LeBron, but sports will show you that 37 years old, I don't care who you are, they're not going to be living up to that potential. You don't pay them for that money at the end without expecting that degradation towards the end of their careers.
0: It especially hurts, I think, with the Chris Paul thing. Because I think we look at LeBron as this freak human who yeah, played 82 games sure. last year and all this stuff. Chris Paul has like very consistently started playing less and less games and got hurt in the biggest moment of the Rockets' season last year. But that all being said, what other choice do the Rockets have?
1: It's the Matthew Stafford com- uh, conversation. Right. It's yet. the Matt
0: Stafford conversation. Chris Paul is clearly good enough to help the Rockets get to that hump or slightly over the hump or wherever they may may have gone if he didn't get hurt. But do the Rockets wish they didn't have to give him four years?
1: Yeah. Do- doesn't Could. matter. But it doesn't matter. No, because you have to.
0: Because you have to. It's it's a weird thing. Like like you said, Chris Paul is going to be 37 and he's still going to be out there making $40 million. That that could hinder the team for four years.
1: And they're consistent. It's just the injuries are so consistent. You have to expect it to get worse and worse, like you're saying. There's a clear path. That's just a weird one to me.
0: All right. Well, Sports New York Podcast. We'll maybe hop back on basketball for a little bit to close out the show, but let's talk for a moment about the New York Yankees. Sure. I think you're excited.
1: Uh, I'm mostly excited because David Price continues to be the greatest bullpen pitcher—I uh, mean, uh, batting practice pitcher—in the history of the Yankees. It's incredible. That guy is—we are living so rent-free in that guy's head. And nobody really likes David Price. Like Red Sox fans hate David Price. The only people that like David Price are the Yankees. It's the, <laughs> it's the only people in the world that like David Price besides like his parents.
0: Yankees fans love them some David Price. Like, uh, the joke started on what, like Wednesday this week when he was uh, slotted in and is getting a start against the Yankees on Sunday?
1: Because Gary's not in the lineup. That's why. He was like, ah, oh, maybe I could sneak in this time. Yeah, and then— No you phantom know, injury or, or, uh, or numbness in the fingers.
0: Third inning in, he gave up six runs already. He gave up three home runs in three innings. He's out by the fourth. I mean, when you have that much real estate in what, is he the second or third best pitcher on the Red Sox?
1: It looks like it depends on how you look at because Eduardo Rodriguez, who we also smacked around, um, is probably like stats wise their second best pitcher. Um, Outside of Chris Sale, there's nobody on this rotation that worries me.
0: So how much confidence is built into your Yankee fanhood perspective right now after this series this weekend?
1: We have the best record against above 500 teams in baseball. Um, we, and
0: haven't you played a, We played
1: a lot, a lot of, of above 500 played, teams? We 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 took five out of seven against the Astros. Uh, I think we might have swept the Indians. Um, the Angels we took, ca- took care of this year. The Mariners we took care of this year. Outside of that first series against the Red Sox, there's no good teams that we're losing to. Um, we got swept, obviously, by the Rays. That's an anomaly. The Yankees just don't play well in the trop. but they never have.
0: Rays kind of got a little hot over the past couple weeks, too, Yeah, r- randomly. R-
1: r- you know what they always say about the trop though, is like, By the time you get used to playing on the turf and the dome and everything like that, you're already out the door of your next series. You know, it's just it's weird. It's a weird place to play, Um, losing things in the air and everything like that and playing the turf. So I'm not too worried about that. But, um, you know, obviously yesterday I expected a loss. Sonny Gray cannot pitch well at home. Uh, Which
0: is one of the more bizarre things in sports. He's
1: Javi Vasquez. Two, I can't say 2.0, 3.0, because we had Javi Vasquez 2.0. It was called Javi Vasquez. He came back twice for the Yankees and just couldn't do it.
0: Wait, this is insane. I'm sorry. This is insane. Sure. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Max
1: contract. Tell me it's a max.
0: No. The team, though. Los Angeles Lakers. What?
1: Ew. What? They're just using up all their money for, on these guys? What is going
0: on here? Adrian Wojnarowski, free agent center, JaVale McGee, and the Los Angeles Lakers have reached an agreement. That's gross. What is going on here, Alec?
1: That is gross.
0: Just in the in the moments, we've been recording for 45 minutes. It's currently 11 p.m. on Sunday night. You are listening to this on Monday morning, so you probably know some of these breaking news already. But since we've been sitting here for 40 minutes, there's been four more free agents, and three of
1: them are going to the Lakers. And last year, we had to wait till 4th of July.
0: Well, this, is, this is insane. This is absolutely bonkers. And I don't know what to think about JaVale McGee going to the Lakers. I'm sorry to have cut you off there. But no, back, back to the Yankees. Uh, now that I'm working at WFAN, I screen a lot of calls, you know, working on the board, whatnot. I, I got to talk to the callers before the callers get on air. So I obviously hear what all these callers have to say. Um, for better or for worse, I, I get it all, right, from all these Yankee fans.
1: I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. I,
0: <laughs> I've noticed a slight change in pattern for the Yankees here. Because maybe one week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, all the fans are still calling, we need to make this move, we need to get this pitcher, we need to do the bullpen this, we need to get this guy back, yada, 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 right? Over the past couple days, over this past week, I've noticed that more people are seeming to say, I am pretty happy and, and, and pleased where the Yankees are at, and if they don't make moves, I still think we have enough.
1: No, we don't have enough. Can't, that's ridiculous Those people are dumb
0: I, I feel like those people Are actually being A little more rational Rather than just saying Oh we need DeGrom
1: I, I would like DeGrom Obviously you'd like to, Of course right Obviously We do need another pitcher we, Because Domingo Herman c- Cannot I'm not talking about Four playoff series I think for, in the playoff series We actually have a good set You need three right Pretty
0: much three Four, three and a half You
1: have Sevi, Who is right now The best pitcher In the American League uh, Second best DRA To, uh, to Jacob DeGrom Uh, But, you know, American League is much more difficult, so I guess you could say it's really the best DRA of baseball. Fair enough. I'll Uh, allow allow it. I'll uh, allow it. At the time of recording this, uh, about to uh, get his 13th win of the season, leading the the league. He's like fifth in strikeouts and everything. So you got Sevy. Sevy's good. He's a bona fide stud. Sevy's good. CeCe continues to be this new CeCe, and he is tearing up good teams, going at seven and two-thirds sometimes. That's... And he is he's the leader of the team, in my opinion. He, he is the leader of the team. Him and Brett Gardner. Absolutely. Um, so it's your two, right? Tanaka last year, Tanaka in the playoffs is a good pitcher. And that's what you really need him for. Right. And if you need to have someone on the road, Sonny Gray's been great on the road. You just don't want to put him at home. If we have to have that dreaded wildcard game, that's what's going to really screw things up. But we need a new pitcher that can allow us to get more of a lead in the division. That's why I want a pitcher. Um, I don't want the names that are floating around right now because they're not going to improve the team enough. They're getting Jay Hap, getting um, Michael Fulmer. By the way, the, peop- the fact that people love Michael Fulmer is mind-boggling. That guy stinks. He had a good first half of his first season and has done nothing left for the rest of his career. That guy stinks. Um, all the names you see around him. Are- Cole Hamels? I don't want Cole, and that's you know these. And I guess because you're not gonna have to give up on anything to get Cole Hamels, but you don't have to give up anything because the guy has a 4-2 ERA. Like he's not that good. He's an average starter, but I know he. Pitches well against the uh, the Red Sox. So it's that's an, it's not I, a home run. You don't have to look away. Well, I can always look away. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still speaking. I'm still speaking. Yeah,
0: but when you speak and look at the TV. I could hear your voice go from here to here. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> um, it's quite all right. When Glavine puts a ball in the air, you got to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I, I, I think there needs to be something done. Your bullpen's fine. Your starters are fine. I'd like to see a better first baseman, but that's something I don't need to make a move for. You know, just figure that out. Maybe Brandon Drury could start because Greg Bird stinks. Um, you need a pitcher. Uh you, you can't put John, Johnny lasagna and, uh, and Domingo Herman out there <laughs> every day.
0: Is that Lowisiga? Is yeah, that Lowisiga? I mean, I I hear you. I really do. Um there's this like built-in hatred towards Yankee fans who uh, basically seem to always want an all-star at every pit position and you know it's really understandable when you have a great team a great franchise you want to be the absolute best you, you want to win
1: against the Astros with, with Garrett Cole Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander right. you need to match up against that
0: because there's some point there whether it be CC whether it be Masahiro Tanaka where your advantage now becomes a disadvantage exactly so, if there's no guy out there that you like, if that guy doesn't exist, if Jacob deGrom
1: isn't getting traded to the Yankees, which he won't. You have the what resources are you going to do? to make a Godfather offer to certain teams. For who? For what guy? I still think that Mad Bum should be on the market for the Giants. I don't they they haven't officially released anything. We'll see when we get close to the deadline. Brian Cashman, if you wanted one of these guys, would have gotten them by now. The the Yankees are
0: kind of the Celtics of the MLB right now where the assets are there's there's too many assets. Like exactly. there's almost so many assets to where
1: You can't play everybody. I was upset the other day cuz I was looking at the MLB revised they do a mid-season uh top 100 prospects. I'm like the Yankees only have like four people on here and I realized it's because we have nowhere to put like all the like go- the- our team is set. These are people that have nowhere to go on our team. Like, Clint Frazier's not on the prospect list anymore. There's good players everywhere that have no spot on this team.
0: I mean, those two of your top prospects are now almost all-stars in Andujar and Torres.
1: Yeah. Like, that's insane. And, and the, we, we have pitching coming down the pipeline. We have Justice Sheffield. Uh, we have Acevedo. We, we have good pitchers coming up. But right now, this season, next season, we need someone who can be an ace-like guy, and there's not many of them on the market.
0: Now, I, I heard you talking to uh, one of our Yankee fan friends yesterday while we were out and about, and you were mentioning how some of these trades we made in the in the past year or two, one to the White Sox, um, one for somebody else that I'm forgetting, but you traded some prospects around the league in the oh, past yeah. year or two, and they actually ended up not really panning out on these other teams. Yeah,
1: somehow we won the Sunny Gray trade.
0: <laughs> yeah, like so, the Sunny Gray trade, the Roberson trade. Who are, who are these guys that the Yankees traded away? Because I think it's a good exercise for Yankee fans who have like a weird affinity to uh, Sheffield in the minors or to... Um, you know, player X ex- in the Yankees yeah. minor league system. Who are some of these guys who got traded away who were big prospects, who haven't lived up yet?
1: Sure, I mean, and, and this is why you kind of just always got to trust Brian Cash, and every now and then he'll trade away a David Phelps and Martin Prado for nothing, for Nathan Valdi but I mean... For the White Sox, we traded Blake Rutherford. was the headliner for he was like a top 40 prospect. He stinks. He can't do anything in the minors. For Sonny Gray, we traded Jorge Mateo, who wasn't doing, who was in single A for like five years in our system and it couldn't go up. His only thing was he had an 80 grade speed and hasn't done anything there. James Caprellian, who was. Who is supposed? He had Tommy John hasn't. He's pitched like three games in, in all of the minors, including the Yankees' time and and uh, over there. Dustin Fowler is not doing anything. Unfortunately, that one makes me sad. That one hurts a little bit. That one. Hurt. I want to see him. I want to see all these guys do well, obviously. But I'd like to see the guys we got in return do better. Obviously. Obviously, um, but every we haven't. Nobody's coming up that's gonna bite us right now. You just look around the league. All the all the. Players we traded, nobody seems to be that good, and we're getting people that for nothing, uh like in the Brian uh Brian McCann trades and right. the, the Carlos Beltran. Who knows? Dylan Tate might be incredible, and we got him for nothing for uh for Carlos Beltran because his stats have been ridiculous. Just don't worry about those guys because Brian Cashman's gonna win those. Is there some sort of built-in helper for the prospects who
0: stay on the Yankees? For example, Glaber Torres was able to bat ninth. For the New York Yankees, if Glaber Torres was traded to another team, it'd be an instantaneous move for him to now be like one of the best players. Well, on the Well, that's team.
1: the problem that you see with the White Sox. Like the White Sox have such a good farm system, but there's no one to spell them. You know, right? It's like, like they come
0: up and it's like, all right, you got to be our guy now.
1: That's like Lucas Giolito. Um, he he was like the number two p- uh, overall prospect. He was like a, a number one pitching prospect in baseball. Can't do anything this year. Um, And it's because he's expected to be that guy. Luis Severino was allowed to come up and be the fifth starter. You know, Luis Severino was and then had problems, went to the bullpen and you just figure it out because you have the organizational depth and the patience to work with it that you figure it out. You go – these other teams, like, there's a reason they falter is because there's so much expectation on them right off the bat, and it's kind of impossible to do that. It takes very special people to do that. And baseball is not a sport where one guy can change a franchise. Look at Mike Trout. It, yeah. You know, it doesn't – the Angels are still the Angels.
0: Like, if Bryce Harper goes down with a season-ending injury, the Washington Nationals are still kind of expected to be a good team in the NL East and don't change – a drastic, drastic amount without Bryce Harper, who's looked at as one of the best players you, in the game.
1: You just look around the league. Baseball always, every team has, like you look at the White Sox, like Jose Abreu is still a fantastic player, but the White Sox are still the White Sox. You, you, does, you can't carry a team with one person. You just never will be able to do that. So that's why you need to have that organizational depth. And, and because we have that, I need to get a starting pitcher. <laughs> I, we, we, can, we have the resources to make a godfather offer. So who's team.
0: your one guy? It's a mad bum?
1: Well, I mean, you're going to hate me. It's DeGrom for me. Uh, but
0: come on. Just be, re- be at least semi, I don't think it's, semi-realistic. I, I, I,
1: I don't think it's as unrealistic as you think it is. It's not going to happen. I say never say never to that. I would say it's less
0: likely than a lot of people. What is the godfather offer the Yankees have to give to the New York Mets for once and for all?
1: I think an appropriately win-win for both of them. You give both pieces you got in the Andrew Miller trade. So you give, you give Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield— Justin Sheffield's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, and Clint Frazier's stock is pretty high still. I think you could throw in a dominant bullpen arm who's proven like a Chad Green who's still young. Uh, and under team control. What? Well, and under team control for a while. And then a couple of lottery tickets, maybe one or two lottery tickets. And I think that that's a fair trade. I don't.
0: You just said godfather offer. That doesn't sound like a godfather offer to me, and pal.
1: I think that that's an appropriate trade. Okay, so yeah, but you're not going to get Glaber or Miguel. They're, they're well, just, then you're not going to
0: get DeGrom. Boom. I On, don't off the table. I don't, see you later. Well, okay, well then. Phone is hung up. We'll see. Am, am I wrong, though? Am I, am I being unrealistic?
1: I think that they have less leverage than you think that they do. The Mets, I think. The, they, what do you mean? What less leverage? The you, Mets are going to keep him. They're going to keep him on the team, and he's going to continue to be great. To. They're not going. They're, to. They've already. They've already told. They've already told the fans that these guys. There's no, Nobody's off the table right now. When you say that, that means everyone's on the table. There's, you know, that there's a clear language w- to what they're saying, and that they're ready to shop because Ioannis Espetis is not exactly is, is not what people thought he was going to be.
0: I think they'll trade him before they trade Degrom. Of course they're
1: trading him, but he has no value. He has no value. He has absolutely no value. Um, you'll trade anyone over the age of 28 who you don't have a long, even if you have a long-term investment into. Um, they they don't need anyone. They have they have no farm system to speak of.
0: We have one guy in the farm system, Peter Alonso. That's it.
1: Well, I actually looked at the top 100. You have like a, you have like 76, 77, and 78 in a row uh top prospects, but the Mets don't they mismanage their prospects. They always have.
0: I'm just sticking to my guns here that the Mets who wouldn't I trade you that, Jake I, they wouldn't trade you Lucas Duda.
1: It was a different situation last year too. I don't think they do it. But I don't think it's off the table. I think that there's enough history in the league especially with uh with um uh, jose quintana going from the white Sox to the cubs last year i think that was a big piece i think that the mets are a little bit more humble now because they're probably in the worst position in probably 25 year history of the mets really honestly they there's no hope in sight
0: it's not looking good you know what the mets have to hope hope on right now what david wright's bp swings <laughs> Tim Tebow's Double A All-Star appearance
1: Okay Everyone keeps telling me That Tim Tebow Is like Their best prospect Tim no. Tebow's batting 20, uh, 250 with like Five home runs and, and like Two walks On the season
0: Do you want to know What Tim Tebow fan Is going to say Yeah, but he's been batting 300 over the past three weeks with four home runs. I
1: I want Tim Tebow. I love Tim Tebow. Yeah, sure, me too. Why not, right?
0: (laughs) If he goes up to the Mets, I'll watch that game. I'll watch that. I'm putting that game on.
1: Yeah, I'll watch him strike out
0: five times in a game. The Mets are very much so not appointment television right now. Unless Jacob DeGrom is on the mound, and honestly, even when he is, there's such a chance they're going to lose anyway that it's not appointment television. When the Yankees are playing, Yankees-Red Sox, appointment television. Luis Severino, appointment television. Honestly, anytime you can see happen to see Aaron Judge Labor Torres or Andujar get on the plate. Appointment television. I,
1: I so I what do I, the Mets
0: have? Brandon Nimmo. That's
1: it. That's all we got. <laughs> I hate Brandon Nimmo. I sprint, know you hate sprint him. Sprinting the first uh, on, on walks. I I just I think of it. This is my whole thing with the Degrom thing, and I don't want it to seem like it's a guarantee that this is happening because I don't think it's likely. Well, that it's it not. Happens. It's not happening. I that's what I don't like. But if they're trading, say hypothetically they they just announced that they're trading him. What teams could they go? F- could he go to? that need a starting pitcher, that have the resources to do it. The Red Sox don't have – they need a starting pitcher. They don't have the resources. The Astros have the resources. They don't need a starting pitcher. Um, they're not trading in division, right? They're not going to trade to the to the Nationals or the Braves. Braves have a great farm system right. or the Phillies. What what really ha- is out there for them to do it? The Yankees are a marriage made in heaven for them. It's a
0: good point. I mean, it, it, that's a fair point, but there's all this other stuff. Uh, history included. I think it's dumb if you think
1: if 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 they won't do it because of the name.
0: It may be dumb, but it's also true. It may be dumb, but it I may think, also be I true. I think Alec. that that
1: Jose Quintana trade last year was a very big thing because the White Sox and the Cubs were very similar to the Mets and the Yankees. They had one trade in the past 80 years or whatever it is. They just don't. That's it's the same type of rivalry.
0: If you had to get rid of Andújar or Torres, who does it? If you had to get rid of one, if I
1: had to get rid of one, it's Andújar. I don't. I. I wouldn't make a treat. If that's what they need for it, then I wouldn't do it. But they'll have those talks. They'll have those talks where they'll say, "If you give us Torres, we'll do it." And that's a talk. That means that there's an open door there. That's I do, all I'm saying.
0: I, I do have. Uh, I, I remember seeing a tweet that, I it was a, it was like a verified guy on on Twitter. I forget who it was. So it's kind of like this is not really great. Uh, you know thing here but basically it said the Mets will only consider trade to trading to the Yankees if it's with Andujar or Torres in it i don't know how legit that is you, you hear trade, you see source you, stuff you all the time you could
1: trade Andujar because you can get Machado them i don't want to is clearly the better player but i think Andujar is a different type of player and i i compare him to Machado and not overall but in the fact that all those doubles, Machado did that first first two years of his career, and they became home runs. It just you gain a little bit of power as you get older, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with with the long ball. That's a
0: good point. All right, that's good stuff, man. That's some Yankee stock. Yankee stock on the Sports Black New York podcast. Uh, now let's do something that is completely unnecessary and not super relevant because who cares about our predictions? But let's use our best foresight because I know you have. Uh, Shown some good foresight in the NBA on different trades and deals, saying that the Pelicans lost the Boogie Cousins trade, and goddamn if he doesn't resign back to the Pelicans, they definitely lost that trade. (laughs) So, what does your gut say? What do you see happening in year one of the LeBron James Los Los Angeles Lakers?
1: Knocked out in the Western Conference Finals. Ooh, that's pretty. That's not bad. That's not bad. In what's he? Five games to the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors. Rockets, um, I'm just saying. No, the Rockets don't have. They're, they'll probably, if they, because I think that they still will get a Kawhi. Uh, well, that changes all, everything. But that changes that, everything. But that, that's, you know, I th- every everything is pointing to them getting Kawhi. Kawhi has outwardly said he wants to be a Lake. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's the case. They're better. What right seed? Away. What seed? Well, I think they're probably a four seed. Okay. Because they're getting re- used to playing together. It's just a totally different type of system they're going to do. And they make it to the conference finals. They lose in five.
0: All right. That's interesting, man. That is interesting. This is going to be so goddamn exciting. Here's my prediction. LeBron James goes back to his, I'm going to take like 10 or 12 games off this year system because it's smart for him to do that him playing 82 games this year and people trying to use that as a pretty much broken hand people forget pretty much people do forget about it's pretty much broken uh i think him playing 82 games was just a narrative thing that didn't matter didn't help them win specifically a lot more games in fact it may have made him more tired i think him resting for 8 to 12 games is very smart he should do it i think he will do it again this year i think they're going to be that sixth seed that the third seed is really pissed off they're like are you kidding You're me? A six seed? Listen, they're gonna have a six seed where they're gonna be, you know, f- close to fifty wins, maybe like forty eight wins. Are you
1: assuming the Kawhi is there or no?
0: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying to go like, may, like po- probably, like okay. a probably Kawhi, but they're gonna get somebody else. I'm assuming if they get Kawhi, I don't I think, think they gonna...
1: keep signing Lance Stevenson Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Javale McGee.
0: If they trade for J.R. Smith, no. So <laughs> I'm just gonna hedge my bet on the seeding here, but they're gonna be like that six seed or fifth seed that's very good, had some really strong uh, stretches of the season. But whoever's the fourth seed or third seed that gets ending up uh, that ends up facing them in the first round is gonna be oh, really pissed. The They're gonna be so pissed, like kind of like um, like the I guess like the Trailblazers this year. Like they ended up on the on, in the third seed, and it's like what did we get out of that? We had to play Anthony Davis. Like, this sucks. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think the third seed or fourth seed, whatever it is, whether it be the Thunder or the Timberwolves or the Trailblazers again, thunder. they're going to end up the <laughs> facing the LeBron James-led Lakers in the first round and be like, God damn, Well, how did, why do we have to win so many games and have to face LeBron in the playoffs? But I think second round, Houston Rockets, seven game, L.
1: G- give me a yeah. high-level overview and not just of the... Um of the Sixers and the Celtics, but how the East is affected by LeBron leaving as a whole.
0: All right. Okay, I like this. This yeah. is a good. This is a good talk here. Ready? Boston Celtics absolutely set up to just run the Eastern Conference for the next five years. That being said, Kyrie Irving will be a free agent next year.
1: Do you think he leaves? I think he's gone. Yeah. Where do you think he goes? I Say don't, it. I don't Say know. It. Say it into existence. The New York Knicks. <laughs>
0: Kyrie Irving, coming home. I'm coming home. You mean the New York Knox. Coming home that to New York me. Knox to play with Kevin and Kristaps Cor- Uh, Kyrie Irving, the talks will start arising around the trade deadline. Are you going to sign an extension? Do you want to come back in Boston? He's going to downplay, downplay, downplay. I'm going to make my decision after the season. I'm focused on winning, which he will be. The sellers are going to be really good. They're going to beat the Sixers. They'll be in the finals. Down to put money on that one. But Ben Simmons is gonna be like he's gonna be an absolute all star next year. He's gonna be a, a near triple double average guy. He's gonna average 20 points a game. Ben Simmons is gonna be phenomenal. I think the Sixers are gonna next be Next year? Yes. 20 points a game, 10 10 rebounds, seven assists. Ben Simmons, book it. And then the other teams in the in the East, you gotta look at the Raptors and the Pacers, and then who? There's not a lot of other good teams out there. The Heat are gonna be the Heat. They're gonna be very average to decent. The Pacers are going to be average to decent. Maybe a little better. Maybe a little bit better. But who else is there? The Charlotte Hornets? Is Kemba Walker going to get moved? Give me a
1: Cavs prediction.
0: No, the Cavs are in the lottery, bro. Cavs are in the lottery. The Cavs are the Knicks.
1: Do they have their picks this year?
0: Yeah. The Cavs are now the New York Knicks. They're
1: worse. The Cavs are now the Cavs again. The Cavs,
0: (laughs) exactly. And that's how we should end this. The Lakers are the Lakers again. The Cavs are the Cavs again. The Knicks are acting like not the Knicks and doing some good things. It's all in the right place.
1: And the Yankees are going to be going down the Canyon of Heroes in a couple months.
0: That is also probably correct. (laughs) That's also very possibly correct. Bada bing. All right. Sports New York podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy. Alec Argento. Any last words, my friend? Go Yanks. Sounds good to me. Y'all have a great day and keep enjoying NBA Free Agency, Sports New York podcast, iTunes podcast, subscribe or review. Thank you so much for listening.